Welcome to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. My name is Andrea Wilson-Woods, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cancer U. Join me each week as I interview cancer patients, caregivers, survivors, and providers about their cancer journeys. You're listening to Cancer Youth Thrivers, where real people share true stories. Before we dive in, I want to thank many of our listeners who have left reviews. This one comes from Ada E77. He or she or they says, Inspiration is here. If you or someone you love has had cancer, this is the podcast for you. Very uplifting. Ada E77, thank you so much for that five star review. As far as cancer goes, Alexandra McCarthy has always considered herself to be a student. She has been leaning in the direction of a natural approach in her life, so when she was told in 2018 that she had cancer, she immediately started searching for natural remedies to heal it. It's been four years of a long journey of doing lots of research, self-experimentation, personal healing, and success. Alexandra, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. You're welcome, Andrea. It's my pleasure. I'm always happy to share this story. So I'm so excited to hear, I just love the word self-experimentation, what you've been doing, but take us back to the beginning, actually even before. Did you have any symptoms? What was going on in your life? How did, how did it all start? I um, didn't have symptoms for cancer per se, but I did have a lot of anxieties and uh, it's been an ongoing issue. Like I'm addicted to anxiety or something. My response to life situations always was uh, through a lot of anxiety. And I knew that it's not healthy. Like I'm almost sort of called on this uh, big uh, disastrous diagnosis because I was really concerned how I get anxious and I can't stop being anxious, knowing that it's not good, then you get even more anxious. I have, um, there was some, uh, I noticed something called my skin change and I did go to mammogram. I don't generally do mammograms. And this was the time when I was like, yeah, that looks different. That looks odd. And I went and they told me, yes, you have a lot of calcifications in left breast. And that is most likely there's a great chance it's cancerous. So how, when you say your skin changed, because most people don't say that, right? They found a lump or something. What do you mean? What did your skin look like? It was just a little fold. It was just this little odd fold that normally uh, women and uh, know that the breast is fairly smooth. So there was this right. odd, odd fold on, um, like on the surface that it didn't really um, belong to anything. Like it didn't really connect to anything on outside. Okay. And so you had the mammogram. What happened next? They told me I should do biopsy, but I was really not um, interested in going that route. I have heard biopsies can cause metastasis. I didn't want to um, aggravate the situation. So I was starting, that's when I started to search to see what other people have experienced, what their thoughts are on the subject of uh, cancer and how can this be approached naturally. Okay. 
And so what did you decide to do? Uh, the first resource I um, came across, there were two resources, actually. There's a Dr. Day, and she is MD who has been diagnosed with cancer, uh, I believe in the 80s, maybe 90s. And she chose, uh, MD herself, she chose to go natural by the treating it. Um, and there was also Dr. Gerson. That's the second uh, resource that I came across in my research. Um, and so I followed as much as I possibly could both of these doctors' recommendations. That was my first year experimentation. Okay, so what did that entail? I'm a little familiar with Gerson therapy, but definitely not the other doctors. So tell us, what did that entail? Um, Dr. Day, she only talks about the lifestyle changes and the diet. Uh, there is not even any specific supplementation or anything else uh, or any kind of treatment. She just talks about the diet changes and um, the lifestyle changes. So it's a lot about the stress, how we live through stress and uh, this type of adjustments we need to make. Uh, with Dr. Gerson, obviously, there is a very specific diet that Dr. Gerson Clinic uh, follows, and there's very specific regimen of uh, supplementation, juicing, and so on. I couldn't quite access everything and all of it, but I have made some um, adjustments. I didn't make all the adjustments necessary. Like, I didn't change my lifestyle very much. Um, my surrounding was not a very healthy at that time. Uh, the relationship. And so I haven't ended that yet. So that year I was wait and see uh, more like than anything else and read, read, read as much as possible. That's what I did the whole year. Um, fatigue, that was the only sign that I had cancer uh, because the fatigue was very odd. It was very severe at the time. It wasn't constant. It's something that I felt mostly pretty good. Um, but the, when I felt fatigued, uh, it was very sickening. Like I could throw up. That's how tired I was. So you felt fatigue and nausea? Uh, yes. That's the kind of fatigue. That's the level of fatigue. Like one thing, you're tired and you just need to lie down and maybe just read something, you know, just relax. Um, that wasn't enough because I was just lie down and I would be getting progressively sicker and sicker and sicker. And that could last for a couple of days. Okay. So help me out. Cause I'm really confused because you made some changes, but not many. Yes. And you didn't change your environment. Yes. And you're really fatigued. So, so what happened? Did you progressively get worse? Did your did you see anything change with your skin? I mean, what happened? Actually, it was uh, pretty all right. Everything was no, no. I did I did feel there was a, a tumor. It was like an almond sized tumor in my breast. It uh, was interesting to observe its life because it wasn't something like maybe it's described by other people how a little stone or something. No, it was. It was actually had its life. It's um, um, as I was going through my cycles, the tumor uh, texture would change, and um, it would be. So you could thin. feel it now. Yes, I was okay. feeling it then. Um, it was under surface, like it wasn't on outside. It was inside, and I could feel it um, having its own life, basically having its own mind. 
uh, that uh, changed. And it was really curious to me. I know maybe to some people it's really weird, <laughs> but I have a very uh, inquisitive mind. And so to me, it was very interesting because cancer is such a huge topic uh, in everybody's life. So many people have been affected by it. Uh, to me, it was like, oh, interesting. So this is the big C. And uh, I was really uh, curious how my body processes this particular disease because there's so much information out there that tells me how to feel about it. And then there is me who actually experiences it. And that's why uh, the occasional fatigue and um, there wasn't any physical changes except for that. Uh, that hasn't gotten worse or better because, again, I haven't changed the environment, but I was more watchful. Let's put it this way. Uh, so that's, uh, the year I spend, um, being curious about more than proactive, uh, was it's essentially, I stayed where I was from the start health wise. Okay. So, so you haven't done anything different since then other than like the oh, one or two things? Oh, I have, I have. Not. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm still lost. So you need to help me out. So that the first year you did a few things. And then did you make some changes the following year? Yes. The following year when I was okay. like, okay, this is still here. I kind of want to start moving toward healing rather than just living with it. And I really was getting sick of being sick and being fatigued. Right. Um, so I couldn't engage quite, you know, to the same level in all the activities. I like to engage work and uh, life. And I couldn't because I would be stopped dead by the fatigue. And so the year later, I actually uh, decided, because uh, I reached out to Gerson Institute, I wanted to talk to them about okay. the treatment, and they told me they need to know what type of cancer it is. And I have reached out to some other couple sources that also, uh, they propose um, natural treatment for cancer. They also asked me what type of cancer it is. Without biopsy, I couldn't tell. Right. Uh, that's why I actually did go for the biopsy year later. Okay. Okay. And what did the biopsy show? Uh, invasive ductal carcinoma, and I really, in a way, I regret I did the biopsy, but again, I did want it to have more data. I wanted to have more information because I believe that's true. That's when cancer did metastasize. So why did, yeah, why did you regret getting the biopsy? Because I do understand, by the way, why the clinics need it. I, yeah, I totally understand why. It's, yeah. it's contained, right? It's contained in this little pouch, which is, you know, what is the tumor? And it's like, I can totally see because I observe my body. How is my body doing all this year, right? I'm not just being right. oblivious to the situation. I'm really, really observant. I'm watching what's going on. How is my body uh, responding to what's going on? How is it? Is it healing or is it deteriorating? That's what I was trying to understand. And I could feel that it was going neither direction. Um, after the biopsy, I got really sick. And it did take me to recover, for my body to recover, uh, several weeks. So that definitely why I regret. And again, I looking back, I couldn't not have biopsy because I needed to have information. Yeah, you did. Um, on the other hand, it's really is what uh, progressed my situation much further downhill rather than being say stable so you get the results of the biopsy you're feeling worse 
but now you have the results that you really needed to move forward with any, any treatment regardless. Right. So what did you do next? That's what I did. I have found the treatment. I tried Rick Simpson oil and because I had now, uh, the knowledge and type of a cancer it is, it was good because it allowed me to pick, uh, a more proper treatment because Rick Simpson oil doesn't, it's not just one thing fits all. Uh, there are different kind of, um, uh, requirements for the type of oil you take. Uh, there is also diet. I went raw hundred percent. Oh God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, loved I loved it. I'm sorry you that did? people have fine. Absolutely. It was oh. so high on Rick Simpson oil and the raw diet. Raw oh. diet is fantastic. It's fantastic. It's like I was, because I always like, if I find something I really love, I tell everybody about it. So I was like, everywhere I go to any party I go or anywhere, I bring raw dishes with me uh, because it's a lot of fun. And um, you really actually start appreciating the taste of food because anytime you apply heat to your food, you lose uh, not only nutrients, you lose the taste. And that is true because in raw diet, uh, people find time, sometimes they find food taste appalling because it's so strong. Because they're so used to bland food, they always have to add spices, salt, and pepper, and all that. In raw diet, you don't need that because the taste of food is so rich in itself. So it does take some adjustment. However, uh, yeah, whole summer I was raw. Okay. And I was, uh, it was a three-month treatment with Rick Simpson oil. At the end of the treatment of both raw food and Rick Simpson oil, there was this incredible clarity that now where are we just timelines are we in 2020 now 2019 still in 2019 okay summer 2019 uh and at the end of that the clarity that uh again i read about the raw food and people did say that when you're on a raw diet you came to this incredible clarity and that's what i've experienced like that's when i was able to end the relationship that was toxic i was gonna say don't keep us a sense what's the clarity i know that part of it it was yes it's so it was absolutely amazing it was fantastic like it was it was the sensation i had overnight it was like overnight so out of the end uh, at the end of those three months i suddenly woke up like jerk woke up in the middle of the night and i was like Oh my God. Oh my God. What have I been doing to myself? How was I treating myself? Oh my God. This, this is incredible. It's, I don't understand why I didn't have this understanding before. How, how well, long, yeah. if you don't mind my asking, how long were you in the relationship? Four years. Ooh. So, so it's, it's all necessary. You know, sometimes yeah. you just go into the woods too far and you're like, keep going, <laughs> thinking you're going to get there to the right place. You're going to find a pass, but actually you've been off pass too much. And so you really need to kind of uh, work your way back to find the right route. So yes, that was a um, fantastic experience. I can't say if I had gone through the conventional treatment, I would not have the time uh, obviously to go through all these revelations, right? Right. And I mean, to your credit, you did keep it at bay for a long time. I mean, you really did. I mean, just considering the kind of cancer it was. So you, you do that God awful raw food diet. And I'm just giving you a hard time because, because I've, 
I've kind of done it unintentionally. It's a long story, so I won't go into it here, but I've done it unintentionally. I'm just not, not a fan, but, uh, so you did that, you get the clarity, you end the relationship. That I ended right there, right then. Right, right then, there, right then. Wow. And, and so at this, are you doing any kind of follow-up care with any doctor? So at the time I wasn't because it's really, I actually, very first time when I was told about calcifications, I did work with an oncologist. I did work with okay. a surgeon and um, it was my sort of stance, right? I, I was like, I'll, I'll let you tell me what is it that you do? How do you do it? How do you approach your treatment? Because I was um, not hundred percent not willing. I just wanted to sure. understand better benefits of each uh, approach. And that's what I was doing, gathering data all this time. And I talked to one surgeon and the problem is, and I think it's really, really is a problem. They don't let you just be, basically. They want you to do chemo and radio immediately. They want to talk. They bring the big, big guns on immediately. And it's, to be honest, it's not that easy when you're in a place of, uh, research where you want to understand better what is going on uh, because there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure from the conventional treatment doctors. And um, eventually I stopped seeing them because I need to decide. I need to decide what I want to do. I need to do more research. I need to understand better what is going on with my body and which approach is the best. And that is um, when I went and I found a naturopath. And the naturopath oh, nice. was nice because they have um less they put less pressure however <laughs> not my naturopath <laughs> they told me go back to the conventional clinic and have the treatments done the way they do it and you can just take herbs from us they will help you with some side effects. they told you that I know. how so, interesting did that surprise you integrative. That's, huh? what call, that's what they call integrative medicine apparently that's what i've learned i was very did that surprise you Huh? Did that surprise you? Yes. I was very yeah. disappointed. Very disappointed. Okay. So, so then what did you do? I just, I, one thing I needed the doctors for, because I needed a test. I needed to see what's yeah, going did. on with the body. If I'm interpret, if I'm, if I am experimenting, if I'm going to be my own guinea pig and try different methods, I want to see which way, which direction my body is going. And that's why a uh, naturopath was able to, she was able to do um, many different tests uh, that was really uh, interesting to see because I was taking polyprenols the whole time. Polyprenols is the substance I work with. So we can go a little deeper down the line into what it is. Um, they're from pine uh, tree. It's an extract from the pine. And I was taking polyprenols the whole time. So what was interesting while we were doing a lot of different blood tests which is what naturopaths can order. They cannot order MRI or CT scan, but they can order sure. blood tests of certain kind. It was showing that all my organs are very fully functional. I have absolutely, my blood is in a very good place. I don't have any um, raging cancer cells or the type of cells, the white cells that show that there is an infection even going on. Can you imagine? So there was yeah. absolutely, yes. So the test never showed anything except for there was a tumor that I could see. Um, there was a still occasional fatigue going on, happening. So I'm not definitely back to where I was health-wise. And that was another year that I spent um, experimenting with different treatments. 
And at the end of the 20, oh my God, I'm. Yeah, we'd be in 2020 now. Yeah. I think so, yes. So I believe it was the end of 2020 where I finally decided to go with a Cancer Institute here in Seattle. I wanted to have more tests done and I actually was kind of getting sick of dealing with this. And I was like, okay, let's just have a tumor removed and I'll heal the rest of my body naturally. So I went to see an oncologist at the different oncologist than I did uh, saw in the beginning. And she, um, they did perform tests. So I had a okay. CT scan, MRI. And um, in January, 2020, I, I, was, I, I got a call from uh, oncologist surgeons saying that they canceled surgery because apparently CT scan and MRI tests that did in December show that my cancer metastasized and it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in my liver. It's in my bones. It's in my spine. It's in my hips. It's everywhere. There's no point in doing the surgery, they said, because it's so far gone. Um, oh, Alexandra, how did she feel when you got that news? So <laughs> that was January 6th when I got that call, which is a day of epiphany. I was very uh, spiritual by then. I have reconnected with God throughout this journey very, very closely. And uh, the day of Epiphany was a day when I've got that news. We can't do surgery. So I didn't really want to do surgery, to be honest with you. Right. I was a little bit weak um, when I decided to go that route. And uh, there were two uh, feelings that I had. One was, yay, great, because I actually had a, a, a protocol that I already devised at that point, but I wasn't. Uh, taking it. I wasn't using that protocol because I signed up for a surgery. They asked me not to take any supplements before surgery. Uh, right. And so I was following their recommendations because, you know, it's their, it's their field. It comes with the ground. I have to respect their approach uh, if I'm going with that. And I was actually elated that I didn't have to do surgery because I could try yet another protocol um, I, I panicked a little bit saying to myself, well, are you doing the right thing? Are you just crazy? How can you, how can you do that? Look, look, it's metastasized. Is it, is it okay? Is it, is that the path to go? And you know what? I did hear the voice and it said, yes, you will heal and you will do it naturally and you will show others how to do it. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed. I started taking my protocol immediately. So what did you do? The protocol has uh, several items and um, there is a very uh, cool two uh, supplements you take together. It's like a natural chemo. It pops your cancer cells like popcorn. And there is the product that I'm um, offering myself to others. And that's what I was taking because it has substances that actually shrink tumor and the other substance that uh, scavenges free radicals. Uh, it boosts immune system greatly. So there's many, many nutrients in that product that also helps your body to heal. I also did uh, saline pouches. It's called saline pouches. You, it's, I found that remedy. Uh, it's a very old remedy uh, from some Russian network. I found it. Uh, you use... So what is a saline pouch? So I mean, I know what saline pouch. is, but what's a saline pouch? Yes. <laughs> you create solution, you create solution, um, um, 90% uh, saline solution, and you 
use that uh, on any place where there is inflammation in your body or an infection because it draws out the infection. Okay. So when they told me um, that was great, I had CT scan, I had MRI. So I actually had a, a geographic like map of my body where there's metastasis. They told me it's in your lower spine. You should feel paralyzed. You should feel tingling in your limbs, like nothing, nothing. Unless it's the CT scan, I didn't even know there were metastases everywhere. So right. I, you know, I put uh, those ceiling pouches where they told me there is their metastasis and also on my uh, tumor. And I did it regularly. Uh, there is uh, the huge part of healing for me is, I would say 90% of it is definitely mental health. Uh, mental yeah. and spiritual health. I had to get to a very healthy place from where I was before. And that was a lot of, lot of effort I had to do. Um, Let's talk about that for a second because- yeah. it's huge, I think. Yeah, because so many people bring this up. So what did you do to work on your mental health? What did that look like? One thing I had to learn to be patient. I'm a very impatient person. Like if there is something needs to be done, I just go for it. Seriously, I'm like a, an Akita, you know? If you know that breed of a dog, I just go for it. And I can get, I can make things happen. I really can. And so for me to say to myself, right now, it's time to heal. Right now, it's time to go. It's not time to go get it. It's not time to... Uh, make things happen in business world. It's not time to um, to run out the door and run errands. Right now, you just have to lie down and rest. And that's what your body needs. Your body wants that particular help from you. Your body does everything it should be doing to heal. You already gave it a lot of nutrients. You gave it a help. You gave it a support, encouragement. All you need to do now, come down, calm down. And I'm just like constantly calm down, <laughs> no matter what. And there are a lot of concerns I had in life. I was totally broke financially. So it's like, you know, I'm absolutely, it's just putting the brakes on. That was really, really something I had to do. Uh, I had to apply a lot of effort. Did you do meditation, yoga? Did you get counseling? Any of those things? No. Um, meditation always was difficult for me. It's something that you have to be in very still mind. And I always, uh, really struggled with that approach in meditation, but there's another kind of meditation, which is you just, uh, stay with the thought, right? So if you have something, a uh, recurrent thought, you just go with it. You just let it be. Oh yeah. yeah there's yes. All kinds of that's meditation. meditation. Yes, exactly. So if there is something that's happening in your mind, let it happen. Don't resist it. Don't force it out or anything. Just, just go with it. Just go as far with it as it needs to go. And so that type of meditation, I did a lot of it. I had to think through a lot of things I did in the past and how did I bring myself to where I am and why there's a cancer and why am I approaching it in a way that many people will consider frightening, natural approach. There's so... Um, so many times I did question whether I should go conventional. It just never felt right. I listened to my intuition and I allowed my intuition to talk to me. Again, when you're in the go-getter mode, uh, intuition is not your friend, really. You're kind of a more an intellectual person and this is where you logically decide what you're going to do. 
but intuition was the one that I needed to learn to listen to during that time. Canceling isn't something I'm pretty much a canceler myself, so I know myself very well. I'm very uh, well aware of where my problems come from, so I can definitely cancel myself very well. So that's... Okay, just because you said that, <laughs> I want you to pick one problem you choose and tell me where it came from. Oh, goodness. Anxiety. Okay, where did it come from? Uh, well, first of all, um, breathing. I'm a shallow breather. So what happens when I get okay. uh, preoccupied with something, I stop breathing. And I breathe so shallow that my brain doesn't get enough oxygen. And uh, that creates the perpetual cycle because then I am get more anxious. Like I was anxious to the degree way before the diagnosis. I was anxious to the degree my lungs were hurting because I thought I'm not getting enough air. And um, I keep doing... <gasps> like this kind of stuff. I was like, what's going on? And I can't control it. Like my mind is just racing all the time. I go see doctor and I say, what's going on? I keep, I don't have enough air. And they measure my oxygen. It's perfect. Everything is great. All my blood tests are great. So they're like, I don't know what's going on. It was, it was absolutely incredible. You can run yourself in the corner so easily. Our mind, if it's out of control, it can, it can just, it can really kill us. I honestly, I seriously believe. Oh, so. oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I used to hyperventilate as a teenager, yes. but only in this one situation, mm. only in this one situation for I me, can't remember any other time in my life. That would be, uh, perhaps just this one situation, which was always the financial troubles and being a responsible parent and having a child to take care of and not being able to provide in a way I wish that's really did. That was maybe the situation, that constant financial worry. It's just was, it's just, yes, it was very stressful. And Hey, who caused the financial worries? I did. I made some decisions, choices in my past that led me the way of uh, struggling financially over and over and over and over again. There is habitual um, it wasn't really um, practiced in my family, uh, economy or financial education. Uh, my mom lived on the edge all the time. So I'm sure I've learned some of it from her. And then I just took it to my adult life. So tell me, tell us, where are you today? How are you today? Have you had any recent scans? Do you know if you still have cancer? Where do things stand today? So in June 2020, which I think I am right on the track with the time frame. Um, so the January 2020, as you remember, they canceled my surgery. They say there's metastasis okay. everywhere. There is no point in doing a surgery. I started my protocol. And six months later, we did CT scan. I want to thank my oncologist. She's very patient with me. <laughs> She's like, okay, if you want to just do the CT scan and MRI, let's do it. So we did that. And um, I was told no evidence of cancer. Six months later? Yes. Six months after canceling that surgery? Yes. 
Was her jaw just on the floor? Unfortunately not. That's She said, I'm skeptical. That was, Wait, she didn't believe the scan? You have Wait, to understand. You have to understand. But, but she saw the scan. It's not like you walked in and said, oh. I know. It's not like my story tell. Yes. Tell, right. Yes. She saw a scan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she could have retested you, I'm sure, if she wanted to. Uh, yes. Well, so we agreed. Um, I'm going to come back six months later for more scans. Okay. Uh, what I did, uh, so at the time, obviously, I was elated. I was like, yes, yes. And I did it naturally. It's so awesome. I'm so happy. And um, still, you have to understand, because when you go natural, you actually go much slower, right? Conventional is something basically hits you on the head. Then you're like, you wake up and you are sort of don't have what you had before. Whereas when you go natural, you very it's very gradual process very gradual yeah, that's process. my understanding of it yeah. and um even though i was told no evidence of cancer i even got a full-time job at the time can you imagine with my fatigues that i had just very recently i actually was feeling that well uh that i f- got a full-time job um still i wasn't back to normal i had to be very very careful very careful how much I work, how much I engage in uh, outside of work. And uh, the process kept on going. So even though there is no evidence of cancer, my tests are always been very good. As you remember, I said, all my blood tests always were good, even when metastasis were in present. Um, so I, the one thing I did stop taking that a uh, couple of things, I stopped taking um, supplements, the natural chemo, uh, because it did say in instructions, you know, once the cancer is gone, then you don't have to take it anymore. So I did stop. And six months later, uh, we did uh, another CT scan, an MRI, and they said some of it is back. So I went back to taking the same everything on the protocol that I was doing before. Right. I have to say the beauty of going natural because I listen to my body all the time. How is my body responding to what I'm doing? And I'm doing really, really well. I'm doing really well. Like right now I'm at my uh, practically full capacity, considering my age, considering my experience, very recent experience. And I, for a long time, I actually was really tired. I was very tired being a single mother. I was very tired of working mother. So there was a lot of energy drainage going on for a very long time, but eventually right now, considering that I just uh, healed cancer in my body, I am at the level where I was before, like maybe, maybe in my thirties, when I was in my thirties, that's my level, energy level right now. So when was the last time you had scans done? That was uh, January, around Christmas again, it was February. It was February. Okay. So at the time of this recording, it's the end of May. So not that long ago. Yes. We plan to do scans in July. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. And no evidence of disease in February? Uh, no, there was there was some of it came back. Some, some of okay. it came back. And um, again, like I said, my feeling my body, I was actually not regressing or anything at all. I was really, really doing well way better than I did six months before, six months before that. So there is always a progress health-wise. Good, good. Right? So there Isn't wasn't- that so important, right? Because how you is. feel matters just as much as whatever's on that scan. 
and we believe more because yeah. imagine how many people out there don't have CT scans done. There's well, things happening. But There's things happening in our body. I would say all third world countries. I mean, well, you know, I thinking about myself. If I didn't have that little fold in my breast or the fatigues, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do scans. I wouldn't do scans if I just could stop at the time, stop being uh, the anxiety junkie and uh, get out of the relationship I was in that wasn't healthy for me, I would reverse the damage. I know that. So free radicals, they're in our bodies. They're part of us. That's how I saw cancer. It's our cells that I drove mad because I've neglected my mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical health. I did. I abused myself. My body is very strong, right? And I was just so overly confident that that's what it is. You feel indestructible. I always had a pretty good health and I have neglected the fact that you have to maintain it. You can't just rely on it, maintaining yourself. You are the part of your health. So, yeah. Alexandra, what's one thing you wish you had known at the very beginning? At the very beginning, when I wish I had that protocol. I really do. I wish I had that protocol because I had to experiment so much, so much. I didn't even mention like 20 other uh, disease, uh, sorry, uh, 20 other uh, protocols that I have uh, tried. Um, the protocol that I devised myself, I think it is it is a winner. It has it has uh, potential for a lot of people. Mental health is huge part of that protocol. I cannot help anybody with that, but I can help people with other things. Are you ready for the Thriver Rapid Fire? Beach, desert, or mountains? Beach, absolutely. Maybe valley. <laughs> Beach Boys, Beatles, or Rolling Stones? Beatles. What's one word that best describes you? Authenticity. <laughs> Before you die, what's the last song you want to hear? Law theme from Flashdance. Oh, really? Oh, I love that movie. What's the last meal you want to eat? Buckwheat. And the last person you want to see? My son. And the last words you will speak. Love is all we need. And aside from Cancer U, what's one resource you would recommend for cancer patients and caregivers? And please tell people how they can get in touch with you. The source that I find very, very uh, helpful in learning more about cancer and ourselves is the Truth About Cancer. That's what they're called. And uh, you can call me. I love talking to people who have questions, concerns, who may be anxious like myself. A lot of people are. And my phone number is 206-483-3484. All right. We will put that in the workshop and the show notes. Alexandra, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. Thank you very much, Andrea, for having me. Thank you so much for asking questions and being patient with my answers. <laughs> You're welcome, of course. <laughs> you learn patience, yes. 
Thank you for listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star rating and review and tell your friends about us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. If you want to share your cancer journey with the world and be a guest on our podcast, go to our website, cancer.university. That's cancer.university. And hit the contact button or click the contact link in the show notes. You've been listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. Real people, true stories.